believe tonight. We just believe you want to help us. And we want to have hearts that are open to whatever it is you have for us this evening. So Jesus, have your will and way in this service. God, would you challenge our hearts tonight? Lord, we've talked now for weeks about what it means to be a New Testament church. Oh, God, I pray you challenge us tonight. I pray you stir our hearts and help us. Lord, help us to rise to the challenge to be what you want us to be. Oh, God, we don't want to settle for second best, but we want to give our absolute best to you. So, Jesus, please help us tonight in this service. Help us to worship you with everything that's within us. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want you to take your sing to the Lord's songbooks and turn to song number 377. We're gonna we're gonna sing two, we're gonna sing back-to-back -back songs tonight because they both have the word wonderful in them. Isn't it wonderful to be in God's house? Amen. 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 Let's sing it together. Song number 377.
last verse says, Dear grows the love of Jesus day by day. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Sweeter is His grace while pressing on my way. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I had a, an old evangelist friend. He's one of my favorite evangelists that would come through and preach for my dad. He told one time about an old saint of God that ended up in the nursing home with Alzheimer's. It got so bad that he didn't even know his wife of over 50 years, and she'd come in and pat him on the hand and cry and say, Daddy, don't you know me? And he'd very nicely say, Ma'am, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. This evangelist would go see him, Brother So-and-so, how you doing? He was always very polite. I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Do you remember me? No, I don't know you. He'd mentioned several people. Do you know this guy? No, no, I'm sorry. I don't know them. He said, well, brother so-and-so, let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? That old saint would begin to weep. And he'd say, oh, yes. He said, I just talked to him this morning. <laughs> and he's still near and real and dear to my heart. <laughs> I tell you what, one of these days, brothers and sisters, we're going to forget a lot of things. <laughs> but may we never forget what Jesus has done for us. Amen. 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 Let's sing this last verse together. Dearer grows the love of Jesus day by day. He's a wonderful Savior to be.
Someone, would someone go for Steve Powell tonight? Would someone come to the altar and pray in, in behalf of Steve Powell? Amen. And Brother Taylor, good. Brother Rod, that, that'd be good. Amen. He's struggling physically and emotionally and needs the Lord to help him. Yes. Brother Osborne, somebody come? He's not here, so Yes. Somebody want to come and pray on behalf of Brother Osborne tonight? That Brother Hall? That'd be very good. I would say Sister Glory, but she's here. Praise Amen. Amen. You can come in your own behalf. Just stay there and you can pray right there. Amen. <laughs> I shall not be moved. <laughs> Amen. Any? Praise God. You just pray from where you're at. Amen. Sure. Sure. Amen. God's able to, to lift her spirits and touch her and help her. Amen. Anyone else want to go on behalf of someone? Family. Oh, we've all got unsafe loved ones and family members. Oh my goodness. Remember the Taylor family. Amen. Unspoken request in my uplifted hand. Uh, Marshall and remember uh, Daniel over in uh, Kuwait. Sure. Amen. Remember our country, the president, our leadership. Yes, Another sister.
a few announcements to make tonight, which are not any different this morning, but just a reminder. And, uh, that is that uh, this coming Wednesday night, we will be having service at 7.30. Everyone is cordially invited to be here Wednesday night at 7.30. And then uh, coming up in this month, February the 14th, from 5 to 8 p.m., Nazarene Christian School Valentine's Dinner, which is going to be a fundraiser to raise funds for Brooklyn Carpenter to have the opportunity, the privilege, to travel to Thailand for the International Convention, uh, International Student Convention this year, the first time they've ever had it in Thailand. February the 21st through the 23rd, Youth Revival with Brother Paul Stetler. Just think that's only about three weeks away. So let's be praying for that Youth Revival. We're praying for Brother Paul Stetler also. And then February the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., Sisters of Strength Brunch. If you have any questions about that, you can ask just about any lady in the church. And she can give you information on that. So don't, remember, don't, don't forget those, uh, those announcements. And at this time, we're going to be favored by another special song, after which Brother Bates will be bringing the message from God's Word. Sometimes we sing songs and we don't get all the words. I'm just going to tell you a couple of them here, maybe all of them, I don't know. But this, this song says, there is a haven for every weary traveler. Amen. How many of you are weary sometimes? There's a haven. And it says, when the storm breaks and the stillness of the night, there is a safe place for all the lost and lonely to find shelter until the morning bright. The second verse says there's a haven of comfort for God's children. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Comfort for God's children. It says you can find it when you speak his name in prayer. Aren't you glad for that? He'll give you rest there from all your care and labor. There's a haven and the Lord will meet you there. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Yeah. You listen while we sing. <laughs>
enjoyed that song, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Guys, that was very, very good. Very good. I may never sing again. That was very good. <laughs> Sister Russell.
as well. And so let's pray for Paul that, that God will continue to uh, help him. And we got to, uh, hopefully by next Sunday, we'll have the, the, the church calendar out. Um, and we're going to have a lot of things to share for the whole year that, that I'm excited to share with you. So um, hopefully by next Sunday, you'll have a, a church calendar in hand. And, um, and you'll see a lot of events uh, coming up uh, all throughout the year that, um, that, that I believe God wants to use to help us. Um, I think, Roger, I guess I can go ahead and say this. Um, several uh, several uh, on the board suggested that we have an installation service sooner rather than later. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've never been inaugurated before, so <laughs> exciting time. Um, but, uh, but I had wanted Brother Chris Cravens to come and do the installation service. He is a, he's a church leader, and uh, he's held us a couple of revivals. He's coming back this year, by the way, in the fall. And we all seem to like Chris Cravens, don't we? Do we seem to like Chris Cravens? Uh, well, some of you do. So, um, so he texted me today. We initially were going to try to combine it with youth revival and do it on the 23rd. It's not going to happen. But, but Chris is going to come on. Sunday morning, March the 15th, and we're going to have a, a special service that day. Um, the, the, I was in, I kind of had two offices. One office is more of a junk office with a bunch of files, and I was in there looking for something. Lo and behold, there was the file from the installation service for Pastor Crimion. And I looked at that, and I thought, well, that's kind of ironic. And, and uh, I realized how monkish I was even then because I had it down to the minute when people were supposed to be doing something. I'm not sure some appreciated it, but we pulled it off. Um, but anyway, I trust the Lord to help us. We, we will do our best to make that a, a, just a great day for the church. It's not about me. It's about Independent Nazarene Church. My parents are going to be here. I'd like for my father to pray, and he's a, agreed to do that. And uh, I think I've got other family members that will come in. So I hope you'll invite as many people as you can. Um, and I'm trusting the Lord to give us a great day on, on, on March the 15th. If, if you think that sounds like a good idea, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Right, thank you. I want to talk to the church again tonight. Um, God has been uh, stirring my heart and challenging me. And I will tell you, I preach to you tonight not from a position of, of having all the answers, or even saying that I am <coughs> fully qualified to share what I'm going to. I'm asking the Lord to increase my faith. I had an old retired pastor at my church in Winchester that would fill in for me every once in a while. And he's, he, was, he would say these words. He wasn't from Kentucky, Drexel, but he was from Tennessee. And he would say these words. He would say, I'm not capable of filling in for you. New word, capable. Well... I'm going to tell you, I don't know that I'm capable of sharing everything that I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you tonight. But I am trusting God to help me. And I hope you'll listen. And I hope that this message will stir your heart. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And I want to begin reading in verse number 1. And I want to read down through verse number 10. Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. When you have found it, please say amen. Amen. If you're still looking, say wait for me. 
Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. <coughs> then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement Amen. at that which had happened unto him. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to you the past few Sunday nights about the ten characteristics of a New Testament church. I talked to you really the first couple of Sunday nights about being a spirit-filled church. Last Sunday night, I talked to you about being a passionate church. Tonight I want to talk to you about being a miraculous church. Have you ever wondered what the definition of a miracle is? Here's the Google definition. First definition that popped up. It was good enough for me. Listen. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not, not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Amen. Can I read it one more time? Yeah. A surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. I wonder if we really believe that miracles can still happen. I appreciate the amens I'm hearing. This is this has sobered my heart. Do I do I really believe that God can still do surprising and welcome things? Yes, I'll say this. Lord, surprise me anytime you want to. Amen. 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 I'll go a step further. Lord, you're welcome to do it anytime you want to. Amen. Anytime the Lord wants to take over a service, he can do that. Amen. Amen. 
I may like structure, but not at the expense of the work of the Holy Spirit. Anytime the Holy Spirit wants to take over, He is welcome to do that. Welcome, welcome, the Holy Ghost. We welcome Thee. Amen? Do I really believe that it can happen today? Without a doubt, the New Testament church was a church that was marked by its miracles. Extraordinary things happened that many of them had never seen happen before. You have to remember that by the time we get to this part of the, of the New Testament history, the birth, the 33 years, the death, the resurrection of Jesus was becoming a distant memory. We talked about the fact that over 500 saw Jesus after he'd risen from the dead. But by the time we get to the upper room, many of them had lost their fervor and only 120 made it to the upper room. So it's fair to say that faith was already waning by the time we get to the upper room experience. But God began to do exactly what Jesus promised the apostles he would do Amen. if they would simply be faithful to him Amen. and do what he asked them to do. God began to do it. If your Bibles are still open, I have been reading to you the latter portion of Acts chapter 2. And I'm reminded of verse 43, fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. I'm not in any way, shape, or form going to claim any kind of a apostolic authority for any of that to happen. But I would say this. I do believe that God can and will and still wants to do miracles in our midst. Amen. And so I want to preach Kind of two messages tonight. I want to I want to tie two thoughts together. I first of all, maybe you can consider this by way of introduction. I, I, I want to talk about some of the miracles <coughs> that took place. And I want to begin with what I'll call the miracle of Dunamis. That is the Dunamis is the is the Greek word for power. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And brothers and sisters, that was a miraculous moment in the history of our world. They'd never seen anything like that happen before. God literally took unlearned men. He took fishermen. He took men that did not have a lot of this world's ability. He took men and women who were considered by many to be outcasts. God took those men, beginning with those 12, and then 11, and then the others, the 120. God took them and literally revolutionized the world with them. And it was a miraculous day 
when the Holy Spirit fell and the crowd in Jerusalem began to see things they'd never seen before. And the very man that had denied Jesus and had cursed and had sworn was now the man who was preaching at that moment the greatest gospel message that had ever been preached to thousands of people. It was miraculous. Brothers and sisters, I believe with all my heart, God still wants to work that miracle in people's lives today. I still believe in the miraculous power of dunamis. I still believe in the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. I still believe that God can get people out of sin and get sin out of you and fill you with His fullness and make you a powerhouse for Him. I still believe He can take young, shy people and save them and sanctify them holy and set them on fire for the kingdom. I still believe that He can use people that by the world's standards have no talent, but use that individual to do something for Him. And it is miraculous when you watch that happen. And so may we, may we never lose our faith in the miracle of Holy Spirit power. May we never lose our faith in the miracle of God being able to radically transform our lives, transform our church, transform every one of us. Because it is that miracle that will set our church on fire for Him. It is that miracle, it is that beginning miracle that God will use to radically transform Beach Grove if we will allow Him to. It is that miracle that can do a work in your heart that will shock you. Yeah. 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 The miracle of Dunamis. But the second miracle that I notice that happens again and again throughout the book of Acts is the miracle of deliverance. God begins to move. People start getting saved, sanctified, serving God. And people don't like it. Religious people don't like it. Are you kidding me? Look, I, look, I told you, you know, I, I've kept my head down, kept my mouth shut. Uh, there'll come a time when I'm going... I'm going pretty strong defense for Independent Nazarene Church. And I, 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 I okay, side note, fasten your seatbelts. I'm not going to be too tough, I promise. But doesn't it bother you a little bit when some people are working harder to destroy our church than they ever did to build it? Are you kidding me? And let me just say, the Lord will reward that. Because, see, that's not in any of us's place to, to do that. And it's certainly not in any of our places to do anything about it. God will take care of it. I'm not going to play church politics. I'm not going to go on a crusade to, you know, destroy anybody's reputation. They can play that game all they want to. Brothers and sisters, God will defend His church. Amen. But you be careful. Don't you allow yourself to be part of any conversation that's hurting God's kingdom. That's right. Oh, but I don't like what's going on. I don't like this. But be careful, brothers and sisters. There are innocent lives at stake. And don't you allow the devil to use you. Fire that can hurt somebody. Because again and again, 
throughout my entire life. I've seen holy wars all in the name of God or all in the name of some issue. And all I've ever seen it accomplish again and again was young people being hurt. People becoming jaded. People becoming agnostic. People walking away from the house of God and saying there's nothing to it. And unfortunately, I've watched some people destroy a church and they were happier if someone completely quit going to church than if they quit coming here. Seriously? God help us. And the religious people got mad that God was moving. And they threw Peter in prison. And when they threw Peter in prison, people started praying. Listen, can I, can I just make an analogy for a moment? How, how, how many among us are struggling with our own personal prisons tonight. You know what I've noticed in this world of social media? We're all lonelier than we've ever been before. And yet in some ways we're more connected than we've ever been before. Recently a young man, I'm sure no one here knows him, I'll be careful in how I say this, Came from a good family. His grandfather is one of the most sainted men I know. His family had no clue he was suffering from depression. And unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, he decided to just end it all and take his own life. Now they're grieving, shocked. Many times we ask ourselves this question, what could we have done differently? See, here's the bottom line. You have no clue what somebody's going through. That's right. You have no idea the pain they're in. That's right. You have no idea how badly they're suffering. You have no idea the personal prison they're in tonight. That's right. Maybe it's the personal prison of a drug addiction. Maybe it's the personal prison of a home life that's no fun at all. Maybe they come to church and they put on a smile. They want everybody to think that everything's okay. But behind the scenes, there's a prison. Maybe there's abuse in the home. Maybe it's a beaten wife. Maybe it's a beaten child. Maybe it's a lot of things that we would never want to talk about. And they're fighting their own personal prison. That's right. We'd be shocked, brothers and sisters, if we haven't knew how many people walk through our doors Sunday after Sunday and behind the scenes they're hiding behind bars some of them are of their own making but they're locked to their own personal prison and the devil's convinced them there's no way out let me tell you tonight brothers and sisters I want to believe in miracles I want to believe that God can still deliver from prison They began to pray. And while they were praying, remember how I defined a miracle? Surprise. They're praying. The Lord sends an angel to get Peter out of jail. And he walks up, knocks on the door. Hello, I'm here. Rhoda comes to the door and thinks she's hallucinating. Runs and tells him Peter's at the door. They look at her and laugh and keep praying. No, he's in jail. No, no. God, God got him out of jail. Surprise. 
surprise us again and again. Surprise me, Lord. This Lord, just go ahead. Surprise me. I'll accept it. I'm welcome for your surprise. You know what? Let's be honest. We all know people tonight who are struggling, and deep down in our hearts, we wonder if there's any hope for them, don't we? I'm, I'm, can, can I just admit tonight, I have a brother who's, who's far away from God. I still cannot understand how he and I could sit on, on the second row of the same church, <laughs> Sunday after Sunday, and make the radically different choices that we made. It was all about choices. We sat on the same pew. We heard the exact same sermons Sunday after Sunday, camp meeting after camp meeting, revival after revival. I can't explain it to you. I, I chose to serve God. He chose not to. Somebody introduced him to drugs. He was, he, 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 my, my brother was a phenomenal ball player. Ended up on a softball team sponsored by Louisville Slugger. Was playing all over the nation. Chasing a fly ball, ran into the fence, messed up his hand, career shattered. Somebody introduced him to pain pills, and the next thing you know, he's hooked. His, 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 his life, unfortunately, has been one unfortunate episode. In and out of jail, in and out of prison. This situation, that situation. Some would look and say there is no hope. Brothers and sisters, I believe in a God of miracles who can still change people and deliver them from their prison. And what will set you and I apart more than anything else is that we believe God to do the unexpected. That we believe God to do the surprise. That we believe when a hard case walks into church that God can and will do something about it. A lot of people in their personal prisons tonight that God wants to set free. <laughs> a lot of people are bound by their own chains that we can't see. <laughs> a lot of people have home lives that would make us feel really bad. You know, you know, it's easy for us if somebody comes to church and they're grouchy, it's easy for us to get our feelings hurt, isn't it? <laughs> you learn really quick not to get your feelings hurt in this situation. I can tell you that right now. Because you have no idea what they're going through. Oh, but Brother Banks, it doesn't justify them talking that way. Pastor Don, they shouldn't act that way. You have no idea what they might be going through. That's right. You have, I, I've heard my father tell more than, one more than once. My dad deals with the emotional scars of a father who was an alcoholic. And I've heard my father tell this story more times than I can count. About Grandpa would get drunk. And when he'd get drunk, he and Grandma would begin to fight, and he would beat her and, and, and just tear up Jack. And Dad would go to school and, 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 and ask to go to the principal's office and act like he was sick and ask to use the phone, all because he wanted to call home and check on his mother. And he'd call home, and I've heard him say more than once, as soon as he heard hello, and it was her voice, he would begin to cry. And my dad was a rough, bratty kid in school that wanted to be rough and tough, but he would turn his head so the principal wouldn't see that he was crying, and he would say, Mom, I just called to make sure you were okay. And she'd say, I'm okay, honey. Go back to class. It's going to be okay. That's the kind of life my father grew up with. 
Until one Sunday, Bill Carpenter, when a miraculous Jesus changed all of that. <laughs> and a Jesus came to an alcoholic home and radically transformed their lives. You see, brothers and sisters, those are the kind of miracles of deliverance that I believe God can still do today. So I don't know what prison you brought to church with you tonight. I don't know what pain you're carrying. I know some of it. Because I know you and I'm trying hard to be your pastor. <laughs> and I don't know but what the devil's convinced you that there's no deliverance from that prison. <laughs> Let me tell you, I believe it in Jesus tonight, brothers and sisters. They're going to lock the door and set you free. <laughs>
that the miracle of dunamis and the miracle of deliverance are miracles that can still happen today. So, I still can't get used to this term pastor, but so Pastor Don, how can we have God give us miracles? Go back to Acts chapter 3. I want to give you quickly a simple outline. I believe Peter and John give us the blueprint. How do miracles come about? First of all, by acknowledging what we don't have. By acknowledging what we don't have. We don't have all the answers. We're not perfectly right about everything. Amen? We will make mistakes. Our Constitution is not perfect. Not every decision we've made as a church has been perfect. Brothers and sisters, we'll never, we'll never have angelic perfection in this life. Amen. I can play armchair quarterback all I want to about every mistake we've made. You know what? I've been coming to this church a long time. You know, except for the 11 months that we were banished on the Isle of Patmos. <laughs> We've been part of the independent Nazarene since 2011. I think I know us pretty well by now, don't you? Amen. You certainly know me pretty well by now. I jokingly, those of you who weren't here Wednesday night, I jokingly told the crowd I wanted to sing that old song, If You Don't Know Me By Now, You Will Never, Ever, Ever Know Me. <laughs> We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the solutions. I wish, I wish right now I could give you a surefire program that will save every young person in Beach Grove and have us running a thousand in five years. <coughs> wish I could do that. Guess what? I can't. I certainly wasn't a good politician. I could get elected dog catcher. All right. Our piano player had to rub it in Wednesday night and said, you finally won an election. <laughs> she didn't say finally, but that's the way I heard it. <laughs> I've been fasting and praying over what God's going to have us do with the piano skill in the sense that... <laughs> I wish I had all the answers. But let me tell you where miracles begin. By acknowledging we don't. Silver and gold have I none. Peter said, I'm broke. I, I don't have anything. I, I don't have the solution. You want money. You want me to try to fix this. I can't do it. So I'm going to start with the negative. I don't have any money. You know where the filling of God begins, brothers and sisters? It begins with us acknowledging our emptiness. It begins with us acknowledging that we absolutely don't have anything on our own. But Don, we've got a beautiful church. We've got a halfway decent preacher. We've got awesome singing. It doesn't mean 
Secondly, after we acknowledge what we don't have, let's acknowledge what we do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, <laughs> let me tell you what I have. Let me introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you who does have all the answers. <laughs> you know what I've learned? Man, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I, in my younger day, I was such a fixer. It's my personality. One of the questions was, you called yourself a control freak. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, type A personality. See a problem, fix it. You hear somebody said something, get on the phone, correct them. Oh, I got to fix that. Somebody started a rumor. Well, I'll take care of that. Well, I can handle that. You know, not afraid to say, did you say this? Not, oh, we got to fix it. We got to fix it. We got to fix it. Let me tell you what. The Lord's taught this 50-year-old. He fights my battles a lot better than I can. Amen. <laughs> he fixes problems a lot better than I do. When I start trying to fix them on my own, here's what I find. I end up making a bigger mess than if I had just kept my mouth shut and let God do what God can do. Amen. I know. In the human, we want to fix it. I know in the human, we want to say, you're lying about me. In the human, we want to say, it's not true. In the human, we want to say, we'll fix this. In the human, we want to say, well, let's get this taken care of. Brothers and sisters, there are times when we need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and let God do what God's going to do. I don't have any money, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And here's the third thing. By giving what we do have. Amen. Such as I have, give I unto thee. Do you want God to do miracles, brothers and sisters? Then what do you have tonight? Oh, we got a nice church, man. We got it going on. I mean, new chapter. It's awesome. Great. Oh, feel that way. Wonderful. Oh man, we're not comfortable. No, 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 brothers and sisters. We really don't have anything. No, I, I, I'm not trying to sell you on a bill of goods about how awesome that. I hope you don't feel that way. You know, I told my sister, I said, this is the only election I ever was in that I didn't really want to win. Or didn't try to win, I should say. You know, I know what it's like to campaign, I know what it's like to try to. Get people to vote a certain way. Didn't do that one time in this whole process. Can stand before you. I'm reminded of the song to know when tiny feet walk in the path that I have left behind. That they will make their way to Jesus and contentment there to find. To face this world and know deep in my heart that I have wronged no man. To fit my master's plan. That's worth everything. Amen. So I'm not here tonight to sell you on a bill of goods or, or convince you of some big master plan that's going to make everything awesome. What I'm here to tell you tonight is we really don't have anything. That in the human, we're absolutely nothing. But here's what we do have. We have a Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. And if we will allow Him to be the divine agent, He will set this church on fire. It won't be me. It won't be you. It will be Him. It will be Him using every one of us. We have Jesus. 
to give you what I have. Yeah. I don't have any money. Yeah. I'm not a brilliant man. I'm just a fisherman. I don't have a degree. I'm not smart at all. You're crippled. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any ability to make you walk. You want my money and I don't have any money. Boy, that's, that's quite a story. I mean, who wants to hear that? A bum on the side of the street trying to get enough money to get something to eat? And up walks this religious person saying, I don't have any of that. I'm broke. I'm a fisherman. I'm not a doctor. You've been crippled your entire life. I don't have any. Can you imagine how the guy felt until he said, but I do have something to give you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> rise up and walk. <laughs> and the scripture says immediately, he stood up and started running the aisles. So I ask you tonight, what do you have to give? I don't care about your talent. I don't care about wealth. I don't care about fame. What I want God to do is get us to where we'll say, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What I want God to help us do is be a group of people that acknowledges how little we do really have, but acknowledges what He can give us and then fires us up to give what He has given to us. I believe if we do that, we'll see miracles. I believe that. I want to see miracles. I want God to surprise me. But I want to welcome the surprise. If 200 show up Sunday, I'll be shocked half to death. But I'll welcome the surprise. Miracles. Do we really believe God can give us miracles? Well, I'll tell you, if we're a New Testament church, He'll work miracles in our midst. Yeah. You'll watch that person that's bound in prison come out of jail. You'll watch that person bound by their own chains come out of that situation. You'll watch that drug addict get delivered. You'll watch that alcoholic be set free. You'll watch God put that home back together. You'll watch that hardened person that's bitter and cynical and agnostic. You'll watch God melt that heart and put a family back together. That's what happens when miracles are taking place. God can and will do it. Would you stand with me?